Blue Ice Panther said FF No, wait. FFS. I don't know what that actually means. Uh, just stop it already. F it. Ooh, dang. Oh my gosh. People are getting violent in these videos. Uh, that's a response to one of my videos called How to Find Purpose. And I think I, I spoke about the way you find purpose is you follow Jesus. That's basically it. That's how you find the purpose that you were created. Um, sorry. Sorry, blue eyes. I ain't gonna stop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Andrew Roman Show. Man, I'm pumped that you've tuned in today because today is a special episode. I know you're like, Andrew, you always see a special episode. Show me the special episode. Well, today is a special episode because we are responding to my latest YouTube comments. That's right. We've we've done kind of Q&A sessions before, but that's usually people who follow, you know, the Andrew Roman Show page or anything like that. But this these are people that are responding comments that are responding to my YouTube videos, YouTube shorts and YouTube, the full episodes, and we're going to re- be responding to them. Now, here's what's kind of make this somewhat fun is this is somewhat first take and like first impressions. Some of these comments, I've I've read them before quickly. Some of them I've kind of thought about it and some, some of them I haven't, but I've never really responded to them because sometimes like responding in the comments, I just don't always see the, the benefit of that because no one's likely to change their mind in public so quickly. Like, oh man, I'm really going to give him three points that they're just going to say, Andrew, you're absolutely right. Eh, usually it doesn't happen. Usually they go do their research and they look up their 10 points of how to argue against a Christian and they just post them and it just becomes a, it just goes nowhere. But I thought it'd be fun to at least try to respond in some way to these comments. So it's somewhat unfiltered because I'm literally reading the comments. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put them in the video here so you can read them as well. You can look them up in the videos, what they're talking about. But before we get into that, make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so that, I mean, hey, you, you can comment as well. You can be part of the fun and follow on Instagram, follow on the podcast page, follow even on TikTok. We've been active on TikTok lately and it's been a lot of fun. So that's going to be fun. Also, if you notice that my voice is a little like, what's the word in English? Like groggy? Um, horse, I think that's another way. We just finished a whole week of VBS at my church, okay, Vacation Bible School. My gosh, man, I, my voice has been like you so much this week, but I thought, yo, I can't, how could I not do an episode this week? Only because my voice is somewhat out and I feel, I sound even a little stuffy. So I apologize that the voice quality isn't ideal and pristine, but hey, let's get into this. So, so again, I'm going to read these comments as they come from the latest ones to the oldest ones. Um, It's probably going to be about a 20-minute episode, I think. And we'll see. We'll see where we go. And now, of course, I'm going to kind of reference what they're talking about. And you can always watch the video yourself to see if you agree with them or you agree with me. So let's go into it. First comment is from Sigmund Bushmasta. Sigmund Bushmasta. So he's replying to my Here's Why the New Testament Authors Didn't Lie short clip, which was part of the Fuller episode, where I give 10 reasons why the New Testament authors didn't lie. And here's what he says. He says, no, question mark. What you just said essentially can also apply to the Tanakh, or as you Christians like to call it, Old Testament. So I'm probably just, I'm assuming at this point, because it's not, not exactly clear what the no is, but I'm assuming he probably is just saying no to my 10 reasons and saying that my 10 reasons are not either are not true or they don't apply. And then saying if they are true, they would apply to the Tanakh and the Old Testament. Well, first of all, I didn't say that these 10 reasons were like only applicable to the New Testament authors. I was talking about them specifically. So these are 10 reasons that really have to do with them. 
But I guess in some ways, sure, they can apply to the Old Testament prophets, which by my line of thinking, that's great because I give these 10 reasons to show that what they write is true. So by your line of thinking, correct. The Tanakh, I believe, is true, not just for these reasons, as you say, apply to them, but for other reasons. But what's interesting for me is like you say no at the beginning and then say that they are true. So it's like, no, they're not true, but they also apply. So like, are they true? Are they not true? I don't know. I I, I feel like this is going to be somewhat of a pattern with some of these comments. It's like they say, no, they don't give you a reason why my reasons are wrong. Like literally the reasons I give are completely accurate. I mean, you can see reason number one, I'll quote a couple of them for you, but reason number one was that the New Testament authors include embarrassing details about themselves. Um, that's That goes against what they call the principle of embarrassment, that usually part of our human nature is to avoid or take out details that embarrass us in a story. Again, if you're making something up, why include details that embarrass you? As an example, why include details that Jesus called Peter, one of the heads of the church, Satan himself, if that's not actually what happened during that moment? So let's move on to the second comment over here. This is from Cat Demon. My goodness. All right, brother. What you got to say? He says, responding to the same video, so do characters in Star Wars and Assassin's Creed. Doesn't mean it's real. Okay, so you're saying that characters in Star Wars, which by the way, I love Star Wars. Assassin's Creed, I never really... I played one game, I think, of Assassin's Creed, um, and then just never, I loved it, though. It was really, really cool. You say, so those characters, that these 10 reasons also apply to those characters? I mean, can you be more specific, though? Because, like, my 10 reasons were kind of specific. Like, that the New Testament authors include embarrassing details about themselves. So you're saying that Star Wars characters wrote stories and wrote eyewitness testimonies and included details about themselves. Bro, I'm missing that Star Wars comic. I mean, maybe it's out there. And then what about that the New Testament authors included um, embarrassing and difficult sayings of Jesus? Yo, I don't see Jesus mentioned in Star Wars and Assassin's Creed, but brother, if you could show that to me, that'd be really, really cool. Um, But maybe you're saying that the Star Wars includes embarrassing details about other characters and all that. What The problem with this comment is like, literally by definition, Assassin's Creed is not real. It's a video game. Now, could it be based on real events? I think video games are a lot of times based on real events, which goes actually against this comment because what he's saying is just because it's a video game, it's not real. Well, you're right. Some things in the video game, though, can be real. So you're saying that just because people in video games died, people don't actually die in real life? There could be similarities. But my point here that I'm making is I'm actually saying, here's a real event, and here's 10 reasons why what the New Testament authors said and wrote was actually accurate and trustworthy. By definition, the video game is like literally not real. So I don't quite see the comparison of this. Again, this is the same thing. Did you listen to the 10 reasons that I gave you, or you just kind of blotted out something without making a lot of sense? So there's there's a second comment. All right, third comment. What, what do we got? We got Digital Dynasty. All right, Mr. Digital Dynasty. What we got? He says, Peso family, Peso family, Jesus equals Titus in the NT, in the New Testament. I don't know what Peso family Jesus means. Person, I'm sorry. You can, you can maybe put in the comments what that means, equals Titus, like Titus, like the letter to Titus in the New Testament. Man, welcome to comments online, right? Some of them do not make sense. All right, what does Violet23 have to say? This is a response now to Can You Be Gay in the Christian video, which by the way is a great, great video. You gotta watch this. Uh, what, what, what did she say? 
the way you've explained this with scripture to explain each side makes so much sense to me. Concise and clear. Thanks. Man, Miley, you gonna make me cry. Thank you very much. There is some love out there, guys. There is some love. We doing we doing God's work. We doing God's work. Hey, Violet, thank you so much for that comment. I that's a video I spent a lot of time preparing for. If you haven't watched it already, you got to. Can you be gay in a Christian? It is such a relevant question nowadays, especially because, as I explained in that video, there's different perspectives on it. But which one is actually biblical? Which one, as Christians, because this is really specific to kind of Christians in, in this topic, uh, which one should we believe? So thank you so much. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, this is in response to a clip I made out of the Roe v. Wade overturned now what episode? I think it was last week's episode or two weeks ago. Um, if you're, you know, listening to this as it comes out. And this was a little clip that I, that I put talking about how abortion is not the only option, uh, how there are pro-life pregnancy centers that help women in this journey and give them different options like adoption, like giving them a support group in order to raise a child, etc. Um, so someone, someone replied, Who's paying for it? Not you. Well, thank you, Abednego. Abednego? My man, Abednego from the Bible. Okay. Well, first of all, if it's true that you say, like, I'm not paying for, I don't know what's it, like, like for the pregnancy center. Um, actually, we're about to support a pregnancy center pretty soon. Our church It's going to be really cool. Uh, but that doesn't, okay, okay. So here's, here's something that's really common with the, like, pro-choice and pro-life. Pro-choice basically put all the responsibility on the pro-lifers to like take care of the child 100% to to their expectations. And then if you don't, then you can't have any voice. And it's like, okay, I'm, I made this very clear in the video. Pro-lifers is yes, we are pro-life. And as I mentioned in that clip is that there are nine pro-life pregnancy centers for every abortion clinic. And most of them are being funded by churches. And churches are twice as like uh, Christians are twice as likely to adopt. So yes, as Christians, we're we're taking the foreground and taking care of women and children. So that's that's true. But if I don't pay for a pregnancy center, does that stop me from telling people that we shouldn't murder a child in the womb? No, that that actually doesn't hurt that argument whatsoever, because that's that's what you could call a fallacy called an ad hominem fallacy. If I even said that right, I could have quoted something else. I think it sounds like something like that. But basically, it's an attack on the person in that your attack on the person invalidates their belief, but that's not actually true. So for example, someone who's morally wrong can say two plus two equals four. Just because they're a morally wrong person does not mean that two plus two does not equal four. So just if if I wasn't paying for a pro-life pregnancy center does not mean that I can't uh, just tell you guys that, hey, there are other options. All right. Next comment, Dornak the Zero. He replied to the same video and and he said, "My favorite part is when he explained the other options." And someone replied, "Exactly," because you know in the video I say abortion is not the only option. So they're like, "Well, what other options are there?" I kind of gave them to you guys. I said, you know, for every abortion center, there's nine pregnant pro-life pregnancy centers. Those are the other options. Like instead, don't take your friend to the abortion clinic. Take him to one of these pregnancy centers, and you can Google online how to find them. And yeah, so I literally gave you the different options. All right, let's let's see what what's what's going on here. Blue Eyes Panther said, "FF the no wait FFS." I don't know what that actually means. Uh, just stop it already. F it. Ooh, 
dang, oh my gosh, people are getting violent in these videos. That's a response to one of my videos called How to Find Purpose. And I think I, I spoke about the way you find purpose is you follow Jesus. That's basically it. That's how you find the purpose that you were created. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, blue eyes. I ain't gonna stop. It's, it's just, we, we gonna keep rolling. I'm just gonna keep saying that that is the way that you find purpose. Then John Chad John said the instructions to that video was unclear. I couldn't find them. Okay, that's, that's I, I gotta give it to him. That's, that's kind of funny. Uh, well, Mr. John, that's a 40 second clip. Okay, watch the full episode to, to know the full thing. The instructions are unclear. You couldn't find Jesus. He started looking and he started calling Jesus. And all of a sudden, his cousin Jesus came over and he's like, What's up? Did you call me? My name is Jesus and my, my mother is Maria because that's very common names in Mexico. Um, yeah, man, instructions aren't clear. Just watch the, the entire episode. You'll find, that's how you find Jesus, okay? Jesus can be found, I promise. All right, let's see. Oh, this one's, this one's kind of cool. Uh, Jenna, this was a couple weeks back. Uh, so they're responding now to the Watergate scandal proves the resurrection video. This was a video, I must have done this video a while back, um, talking about the resurrection. I think it was a, talking about the, oh, it was the what if. Remember that what if episode? What if like the, the resurrection didn't happen or something like that? And I spoke about, uh, I, I quoted a, the, I believe it was a, the White House secretary under Reagan, possibly, um, under Reagan, or no, under Nixon, uh, who talked about how the Watergate scandal proves the resurrection. And how the whole point is, that in the Watergate scandal embroiled some of the 12 top men in the world and they couldn't keep alive for more than three weeks. But now we're talking about the apostles that supposedly took, you know, kept alive for 40 years after being beaten and imprisoned and even tortured and put to death. Like that's impossible. No one dies for a lie that they, especially that they know it's a lie, but also that they invented. So all that, that's the context of the video, but go watch it. Jenna replied, never once recorded denying it. Not once, because I said they never denied it, but she said never once recorded denying it. But the gospels themselves came along by anonymous writers decades later. later. What religion or MLM, I don't know what MLM means, even do you know where people downplay it or deny any aspects of it? If you're a heretical voice, they make sure you don't Wait, what is she saying? Where's, I want to read more of the comments. Sorry, hey, I got to give you the full context here. If you're a heretical voice, they make sure you don't get the chance to say what you're thinking. Oh. There are plenty of heretics, all caps, recorded, who thought differently on various aspects of it, but all you really know about is what people who wouldn't own up to writing it put it down. This is an interesting thought, Jenna. I got to give it to you. That's interesting. So what she's saying is the reason we think that no one denied it is because those that denied it, just their things were never recorded because, hey, you got to keep the lie. You can't, you can't let the truth, you know, you can't let the truth go out. So uh, let's, re- let's respond to a couple things here, one, one by one. So she said that the first thing is they never once recorded denying it. Okay. So what's the point though? If it's never recorded denying it, then yeah, we have no record of people denying it. Like we're going for things that are on record right here. So that like that literally proves nothing. Do you have a record of people denying it? You don't? Okay, like let's move on because we have a record of people not denying it. But you're saying, I'm going to, this is what she's saying. I'm going to believe the non-existent record of people not of people denying it over the record of people not denying it. 
Like, which one do I believe? The record that we have of people not denying it or the non-existent record of people denying it? That that seems like a little bit of unwarranted skepticism. That That's how conspiracy theories start. Then it says, but the Gospels themselves came along by anonymous writers decades later. Decades later. Okay, this is, I, I've seen this point before. That like somehow like the, the New Testament writers, we have no idea who they were. They were all anonymous. Okay, guys. Let's start with the Gospels, because that's really what we're talking about. The Gospels, and then Paul is mainly the letter. I think the only one that's really anonymous, we don't, we're not quite sure, is the book of Hebrews. The, the letter to the Hebrews, we're not quite sure. Some people attribute it to Paul. We're not exactly sure. Um, and that's fine, because here's the thing is, um, the anonymous writers, the, the New Testament books, are not actually written by anonymous writers. So here's how we know. Okay, here's how we know. So let's take the Gospels, for example. The Gospels are written once by Matthew, a direct disciple of Jesus, okay? The other ones by Mark, not a direct disciple of Jesus, but we'll find out how he got his Gospel. And then um, then we have Luke, and then we have John. So John was a disciple. So here's kind of some of the questions I have for people that say it's anonymous. First of all, all of the early fathers, the early church fathers that we have, especially coming from the second century, so that's like you know, if Jesus died at year 33, basically AD, this is now about 100 AD. The first disciples have now passed away, and now it's the second disciples carrying, you know, carrying the faith. And these are the people closest to the events, you know, that, that started to write about it. And they all confirm the authorship of, of the Gospels. All of them confirm it, from Matthew to John to Luke to Mark. What's really interesting, though, is if you're going to claim that the authors were anonymous, then how did people come up with the names? Because they're not anonymous. It literally says the Gospel of Mark. Now, I get it. Mark didn't write there saying, hey, guys, my name is Mark. I want to make sure you know it's his Gospel. So how do we know it's Mark? Well, by all early church tradition, they all attribute it to Mark. The most interesting part of this is if you're going to then make up anonymous writers who just put a title in there, like, for example, if you're saying it's not Mark, but someone put it under the name of Mark, okay, how does that even make sense? Mark was nobody in the church movement compared to Peter. Because traditionally, the gospel of Mark, uh, Mark was an assistant of Peter. You can read it in Acts. You can read it um, during during the history of Mark being John Mark. Probably got a lot of his accounts and eyewitness accounts from Peter and from all the other witnesses that he interviewed. If you're going to put a name on like if you're going to be a ghost writer and you're going to make up the, the Gospels and you're going to be an anonymous writer, but you're going to claim that someone else wrote it, why are you going to claim that Mark wrote it? Mark really has no, no say in the faith compared to Peter. Why not just put the Gospel of Peter? Why not put the Gospel of, of, of James, right? That's another disciple. The Gospel of Barnabas, I don't know, the gospel of Paul for for all we're saying. Why why not give it a more powerful name than John Mark? Plus, John Mark, what, bro, he was a Greek. Are you kidding me? You're really gonna that's not gonna go well with 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 the Jews, um, the the Jew believers. So again, this is one of the mistakes when people put that they're anonymous writers, is that they ignore all the evidence we have. They literally ignore all the evidence that we have from the early church fathers, from tradition, that say, hey, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, I want to say it's Arrhenius. Arrhenius, an early church father from the second century, who tells us that the Gospel of Mark, writ- the Gospel of Matthew, written by Matthew, he actually says that, the, that Matthew wrote his Gospel during the time that Paul and Peter were uh, fa- founding a church in Rome. So that's right around the 60s AD. 
right, right around there. That's the only time that we know that Peter and Paul were at the same time in Rome. So again, you're just you're not going to give us any reason of why why they're anonymous. Instead, you're just going to say that they're anonymous and just move on with it. Um, so yeah, there are plenty of reasons that we know that they're not, in fact, anonymous. Then you say, what religion or even do do you know where people downplay it or deny any aspects of it? Then you go on to say, if you're a heretical voice, they make sure that you don't get a chance to say it. This is really interesting because what we're talking about is the events. We're talking about the, the 10 reasons of the events that these people wrote. None of the events within the early heretics of the, of the church history were really ever denied. It was the theological implications of it because there was a lot of heresy when it came came to theology and thought whether Jesus was really fully human, was he really fully God, you know, were we actually saved by grace, were we saved by works, were, was circumcision, you know, needed. All these questions were heretical, and well, which came, came in about into heretical beliefs like Gnosticism. We know about that. So I don't know this whole thing about shutting down heretical voices. Like we actually know about it. We know about the heretical voices, but none of them denied these aspects of the Gospels. So this idea that you only know what they wanted you to know, bruh, girl, you're just talking about conspiracy theories. Next. All right. Dark Highway Man. What, what you got? Talking about the same video, talking about the, the New Testament authors, the disciples specifically. And they said, but they didn't live at the same time. What? What are you talking about? The disciples, bro? Dude, this guy don't read his Bible, dude. Mm-mm. Dark Highway, are you really saying that the disciples didn't live at the same time? Shall we even talk about that? I think we're going to move on. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? How did they not live at the same time? They 100% lived during the same time. I'm done. Next, Chad Leach. Um, Chad Leach said, Lol, wasn't this followed by a bunch of zombies coming back to life? Christianity was the original zombie horror. All right, that's, hey man, I don't know what Bible you're reading. Next, KP Page. Oh, oh, I like this one. Every one of these points is very widely false. So now he, this one's responding to my, here's why the New Testament authors didn't lie. I love these type of comments because they never actually give evidence for their point. So you're saying verifiably. So they're all verifiable. Show me. Like, honestly, if they're so verifiable, please walk me like like I would love if you can make a make a video, Mr. KP KP page, on like how, why every single point of these is verifiably false. What you're saying is the New Testament author didn't include embarrassing details. Dude, read the Bible. Um, they didn't include difficult sayings. They didn't distinguish between Jesus' words. They didn't include more than thirty historically uh, confirmed by non-biblical sources, characters. They didn't um, leave their long-held beliefs and follow Jesus. They didn't uh, die for their beliefs. And that's all verifiably false, my man. I'm telling you, some of these comments, I feel like people feel like a lot of power in YouTube comments. And if they just say no, boom, it's done. Here we go, next video. Actually, no, ooh, I like this. So this is a response to the Watergate scandal proving the resurrection. So he says, actually, no. There are many ways to explain this event. Talking about the resurrection. I like this a lot. This is probably, we're going to wrap up with this one because there's just a lot of them. Here we go. Actually, no, there are many ways to explain this event. One of them is that this event never happened in the first place. The Bible is an incredibly old book that many people wrote and you think none of them ever lied. 
The second option is that they hallucinated and actually believed it and either gave up, but the Bible doesn't mention, or the time is exaggerated. The third is that they were lying, not the person who wrote the story, but they lied because they wanted to spread their beliefs, even if it meant lying. I'm Maybe, I'm sure he probably meant to put dying there. So what is more believable? That the laws of nature were broken or that some people were untruthful or hallucinated? What happens more? People lying or people breaking the laws of physics? Hey, man, Sera, what's your name? Sera Munano, Sera, Serumano, Qualquer. I'm going to say that. Or maybe it's like in Spanish, Calquer. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to say any name, but much respect, my man. Okay, this is amazing. We're actually going to wrap up the episode with this one because he brings up a lot of points that might take a little bit, but hey, let's let's try to knock it out rather quickly here. So he says, here are his explanations for the resurrection event, okay? He says, number one, actually, no, there are many ways to explain this event, the event of the resurrection. One of them is that it never happened in the first place. Sir, that is not an explanation. You're saying one of the explanations of the event is that the event never happened. What? How can... How can there be an explanation of something that never happened? So first one's out of uh, out of the question. So that is not even an explanation. Uh, he said, the Bible is an incredibly old book that many people wrote. And you think none of them ever lied. Pause. When you say the Bible is an incredibly old book, correct, it really is. Does that follow that it's not trustworthy? Not necessarily. Do we have any manuscripts and copies of, of the book? Or do we just have one that we found and... And it's like thousands of years or hundreds of years apart from the original events. As I've said previously in, in this episode, and not in this episode, but in my show, the Bible is one of the most attested ancient documents of all time. Look at Plato, look at Aristotle, look at Tacitus, look at Alexander the Great's um, biographies, look at the Odyssey, look at the Iliad. All of those have barely any manuscripts and copies of the originals compared to the New Testament and the Old Testament. The New Testament by itself of Greek copies has more than 5,000 copies of it. So when you say it's an incredibly old book, as if like that follows that it's untrustworthy, it's not because we have thousands and thousands of manuscripts and copies of it to show us what actually was written such a long time ago. Then it says that a lot of people wrote, sure, okay, not sure if that proves anything. And you think none of them ever lied. Pause. I don't believe that every author of every single Bible, book in the Bible never lied in their lifetime. They're human. I'm sure at some point they lied. Actually, they record people lying. But just because people sometimes lie doesn't mean they always lie. So again, this is a fallacy that you're assuming that I'm saying that the authors never, ever lied. No, as I'm saying, I think there's good reasons to know that they didn't lie when they gave their 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 testimony or they wrote the books that they wrote. So that's, and I think you haven't really disproven my 10 points. Then second option is that they hallucinated and actually believed it and either gave up the Bible, either gave up, but the Bible doesn't mention it or the time is exaggerated. Pause. This second theory has been completely disproven from what we know of sociology and psychology. Hallucinations are individual. They're not collective hallucinations. Hallucinations are not possible when they're collective. The reason being 
is when the hallucinations happens, number one, it's either in the same place um, with the same type of like context that causes and triggers something in the brain for you to see something, okay? But what we see with Jesus' appearances, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and you look at all the appearances that Jesus have did, they're all in different contexts. Sometimes he's eating, sometimes he's walking with two disciples, and then it says that he appeared to 500 other people. That is a group hallucination that's like literally not possible, you can Google it yourself, but the top minds, which right now have names escape me, uh, of, of psychology and sociology, deny that group hallucinations are something that's that's even possible. Also, hallucinations are not something that you would expect out of people who are not expecting the resurrection. If someone's wish, quote unquote, wishful thinking that Jesus might, please, please resurrect, please resurrect, please resurrect, and he's so crazy and cocoa wash, maybe he might see something that he believes is Jesus. But Paul. How do you explain Paul's conversion? How do you explain Jesus' own brother who never believed in him while Jesus was alive being converted? How, how do you explain going with, with doubtful Thomas over here? So hallucinations, I'm sorry, is not a good, that's like, that's like a 1900 theory that has already been disproven, my man. So I'm sorry, that's, that's not uh, accurate. So then you said, but they either gave up and the Bible doesn't mention it or the time is exaggerated. Well, the problem is that we know by church tradition and the Bible records it and history records it too, we know when these people most likely died. So it's like, we know most of their lifetime. If you say like the Bible, they denied it, but the Bible doesn't record it. Well, everything that we have recorded shows that they didn't deny it up, up until death. Well, actually, they never denied it. So it's like, when when could it have they denied it that the Bible didn't record? It's not like, did, did they deny it after death? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense, my man. Um, so the Bible doesn't mention it or the time is exaggerated. Again, no reason to believe that. The Bible shows us that they're all, uh, the Bible, church tradition, and historical documents show us that they're all uh, martyred. And all right, let, let's continue. The third way is that they were lying. Not the person who wrote this story or the person, I don't know, what? not the person who wrote this story, and they lied because they wanted to spread their beliefs even if it meant dying. Okay, again, go watch the episode, my man, 10 Reasons Why the, the New Testament Authors Didn't In Fact Lie and the Disciples Lie. It makes literally zero sense that you're saying that, oh, okay, maybe they lied. Why would you make up a story that would cause you to die? Why? Why would you abandon your long-held beliefs, and now be ostracized from, from your family, from society. I'm sorry, but no one dies for a lie that they know is a lie, especially a lie that they made up. That's, that does, that's not part of human nature, my man. So that even as an option, because here's the thing, a lot of, a lot of people with, with objections, they, they'll take one, one little piece of, of evidence, and, and then that's it, versus the scope of the entire evidence. So I give 10 reasons, maybe one reason, okay, but I give 10 reasons why the New Testament authors didn't die. And we know, again, martyrs, there are a lot of martyrs in different religions because people can die for something they believe it's true, even if it's a lie, but they believe it should be true. But who is going to lie? I'm sorry, nobody dies for something they know is a lie, especially something that they invented. Then they say, um, what is more believable, that the laws of nature were broken or that some people were untruthful? or hallucinated. Again, when you take it just in those two statements by themselves without context, and well, yeah, it's more believable that people were untruthful, but you're ignoring the weight of the evidence. 
And talking about that the laws of nature were broken, again, that's a fallacy that I've already exposed in my newest video called Are Miracles Impossible, where we talk about the laws of nature uh, actually not being something that is quote-unquote violated or breakable by a miracle or an act of God. Instead, the laws of nature are basically the rule. And the rule shows us when, when there's something that it's an exception, we know it's a miracle by definition because of the nature of law. So nature of laws just describe what is the pattern of nature. They don't put a barricade against miracles. Um, and then said, what happens more, people lying or people breaking the laws of physics? Again, my man, you're that's, that's fallacious thinking, my, my friend, because you're ignoring the entire weight of the evidence um, that is with these people's testimony. So you're just saying people lie or the laws of physics are broken. Mm, not, not. I wouldn't say that's that's very much of a fair argument. So I could go on for a very, very long time because we have we have so many more comments. And I wish I could, we could have gone through more, but I thought, hey, it'd be fun just to talk about these. I hope you had a good time listening to some of the responses to this. If you're interested in doing more videos like this and you're listening to watching more, make sure to leave a comment uh, down below, follow on Instagram, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Andrew Ramacho.